This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Oh boy, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, welcome to the <laughs> Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Skylar Callahan, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. You can listen to previous episodes of this podcast on all major podcast outlets and the Believe Network. Uh, we're going to just jump right in. There's so much going on. We were just talking off uh, off the mic that we were worried something was going to happen when we're done with this because things are moving so quickly as uh, the legal tampering period has began in the NFL. Never understood why it was called that. Um, but but that's that going on right now. Uh, the Panthers are knee deep in news right now regarding Deshaun Watson. Uh, a lot of roster movement going on right now. We'll get into all of that. Get you caught up on everything that's happened. Um, of course, I, we're going to work Skylar today because, uh, dude, there's so much in terms of like numbers moving around and guys moving around and stuff. Uh, we're counting on you <laughs> to help us understand what the hell is going on in Charlotte right now. Uh, I'm very intrigued with some of the things they're doing um, that look really good. So we'll get into that. Uh, some NFL quarterback news numbers just came out today on Aaron Rodgers' contract from our last podcast. Our numbers were a little off because Aaron Rodgers apparently gave back some money. Uh, said it was too much uh, was his words. <laughs> so, which has never really happened before with quarterbacks. So we'll talk about his deal and of course the goat Tom Brady returns to wreak havoc on the NFC South. Right as we're trying to figure out what we're doing, Tom Brady's back in Tampa Bay. That took all of how long was he retired? Like a month. 40 days, I believe. 40 days. He, yeah, so not even two months. He uh, <laughs> couldn't help it, and he's going to be back. So we'll get all of that in a, a, a jam-packed episode of Believe in Panthers podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors at Bet Online. It is that time of the year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. Believe Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we will start with uh, the biggest Panther news that's out there. Or do you want to get into the free agent stuff first and then circle back around to Deshaun? Or how do you want to do this? Because I'm sitting here looking at this paper and I just have to scribble like all over, <laughs> like, like arrows this, pointing this, everywhere. This is middle of March, right? I mean, this yeah. is exactly what you <laughs> – uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. We can go either one. Uh, if you want to hit the free agents first, we can do that. Let's let's run through the free agent stuff first because we've got guys coming. we got guys going. Uh, let's get you all caught up on what's going on with the roster. First uh, going, uh, Pro Bowl linebacker Hassan Reddick signing a three-year, $45 million deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, $30 million fully guaranteed at signing. The max value is $49.5 million. He's from Camden, New Jersey. He played at Temple under Matt Rule. So this is kind of a homecoming of sorts for Hassan Reddick. I can't really be mad at him. He got his money. And clearly the Panthers weren't going to be able to, to match this when they're trying to do all these other things. Uh, thoughts on losing Hassan Raddick? That's a huge loss on that uh, that side of the defensive front. Yeah, it's a very big loss. I mean, this was kind of expected, to be honest with you. I mean, 
we knew that the Panthers would have liked to bring him back, but it was just very unlikely considering him going back to back years with double digit sacks. And I think everybody last year when he hit the when he hit the open market, everyone just kind of thought of him as being maybe a one hit wonder. Like, yeah. and, and I think a lot of people forget he had what was it the one game against the Giants? He had five sacks, four or five sacks in that one game. So it's like. Okay, if you take that one game out, is he really as good as what the numbers say he is? Well, he backed it up in 2021 with the, in a prove-it year with the Panthers, and now he's going to get the money. So it makes sense. He gets to go back home. He's from Philadelphia, and it, it, it hurts for, for Carolina because I think that really helped Brian Burns elevate his game because not only do you have somebody that they have to concentrate on both sides of the line, but – it also just, I think, pushed Brian Burns to be better and to, to try and get more sacks. They're going to have to replace that either through the draft or through free agency. It's probably going to have to be through the draft. And I think that's where things could get interesting because we'll get to this. But if the Panthers do not land Deshaun Watson, they will have the number six pick and there could be a top edge rusher on the board there. This is a very deep class in terms of edge rushers. I know that they that they, they would like to have an offensive lineman there at number six, but Kayvon Thibodeau has been a, a name that, for whatever reason, just continues to fall and slip down the board. That may be somebody that they could take a look at and say, you know what, we'll give them a chance. But it, it's 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 going to be a big loss for Carolina, no doubt. To, to, oh, he was considered the number one overall pick like last year going into the season, wasn't he? Like the beginning <laughs> of the year. Yeah, consensus number one overall pick. And there's a lot of things about him that I think worry scouts. There's there's a lot of things about whether if he's really dedicated to football, if he's passionate about it, if he's going to be a guy that just, you know, lives in the weight room, lives in the film room. But when you watch him, I mean, you, you flip on the tape, and, I mean, the dude's a freak athlete. He's probably – if you take all those question marks about him as as and in, in, in his love for football aside – he's probably the best player in this draft. So who knows? Maybe they get a great value pick at six and he's still there. Almost like uh, reminds me of Starla Tulele uh, a couple years back where he was projected to be a really high first round pick and just started falling due to rumors of him having a heart condition and uh, some other stuff. And uh, the Panthers ended up lucking into a top 10 pick, like drafting, you know, at the back end of the first round because he fell so far. Uh, could be something like that going on uh, with Thibodeau. Um, the Panthers also cut a couple of players this week to make room uh, on the cap. First, they cut cornerback A.J. Bouye to save $3.4 million in cap space ahead of the beginning of the new year, which starts on Wednesday. Um, and then they also cut defensive lineman Morgan Fox. Uh, so in total, it saves them about $6.5 million in cap space with the two cuts. Um uh, it's assumed that they're doing this to pursue Deshaun Watson, but they've, you know, also signed some uh, players as well. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the, both of those guys were really more rotational players. Bouye might hurt depending on what happens with uh, our other cornerbacks. And I wanted to talk about that because it looks like the Panthers are willing to let Dante Jackson and Stefan Gilmore test the free agent market. What are the odds that any of them come back? Mm. <laughs> you know, like I'm uh, no, almost like he's not coming back. Like it feels like he's going someplace where he might like the 49ers or someplace where you might be able to get to a Super Bowl this year. But uh Jackson's homegrown, you know, drafted second round by us. I don't know what he's asking for, but 
uh, what do you think here? Like, what are the odds of Gilmore or Jackson returning back here? Gilmore probably not very likely at all. I, I don't think that they're they're going to even have a chance to go at him. I don't even think they're going to really pursue him very hard, if at all. And I believe he made he made a tweet about a week or two ago, maybe not even that long, about something that kind of seemed a little cryptic in in the turn in the I guess in the sense that maybe he thought that Carolina would try and bring him back. He didn't really come out and say it, but it kind of made people started to wonder. So I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything that the Panthers are really going after him. So I think he's going to be gone. And as far as Dante Jackson goes, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. I, I think right now I would say probably not again, because they're trying to go after Deshaun Watson. They have 35 million in cash space right now. Well, yeah. Deshaun Watson's 35 million. So yeah. if, if they get that, I, I think they're going to let Dante Jackson walk. The good thing is, the Panthers do have three young cornerbacks all on their rookie deals, st- deals still. J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, and Keith Taylor. So they, well, even Stanley Thomas Oliver, if you want to count him, that's there's technically four. So they've got bodies there. They're just extremely young, but they are talented. You got to hope that one of those two or two of those guys, two of those four guys, can can really elevate their play and become quality starters in this league. Now, are they going to be Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore? Probably not, but you got to hope for guys that are a little bit, or that are playing beyond their years. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but Dante Jackson is going to probably make a, a good amount of money. And I just don't know if it's going to be in Carolina. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to figure out money wise, how they can keep them. Uh, I almost forgot about CJ Henderson because he didn't really play once we acquired him last year. Uh, but he was drafted in 2020. I mean, he's going into year three uh, in the top 10. Um, and actually, if I'm uh, mistaken, the Panthers were actually thinking about drafting him instead of Derek Brown uh, in 2020. So uh, to be able to team up Horn and Henderson, maybe I mean, that that's basically what we thought they were going to do going forward. So we've kind of been prepping ourselves for the fact that, hey, Gilmore's probably not going to be here. He's 31 years old, uh, still kind of in his prime. Uh, and can command top dollars, the number one cornerback on the market. Let's just, you know, be real about it. And then Dante kind of played himself into a better position over the year before he got hurt, where he might have priced himself out of Carolina, uh, especially with the abundance of uh, cornerbacks they have. Now, I will say the one thing that might pooch this whole thing is if uh, Houston decides they want J.C. Horn in this deal that we're going to get to in a second regarding Deshaun Watson, because then it makes it where Carolina has a huge gaping hole at cornerback after a year where they had like eight cornerbacks and get them all in the field. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Stefan Gilmore being attached to the New York Jets, San Francisco 49ers and the Las Vegas Raiders are the three teams that are in on them the most. Uh, Jets and 49ers appear to be the front runners for, uh, for Gilmore. I haven't really seen a whole lot for Jackson yet, um, but we'll get to that as it comes to us, as I'm sure it probably will before, uh, before we're done with everything here. Uh, let's just go ahead and I know everyone's been waiting on it. Let's just get to the elephant in the room. Sean Watson. Uh, the Panthers did meet with Watson yesterday and, uh, tell me what you're hearing Skylar, because from what I saw from Jonathan Jones, that, uh, members inside the Panthers front office said that the meeting went great. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of been pretty much the same thing I've been hearing that it did go well. Uh, that the ball's essentially in Deshaun's court. And I think that there is some mutual interest there. I, I don't think that Deshaun is turned off by the Panthers by any means. I think 
he sees it as an opportunity to to come and and win for a long period of time. The the only thing is he wants to meet with every single team that is interested in it. And it's like every hour comes by and there's a new team that's involved. Now, at first it was really just kind of New Orleans and Carolina. Now it's Cleveland. Now it's Indianapolis, even though Houston told them to, to, to go shoe. And now it's, uh, Atlanta just recently, <laughs> literally NFC South. <laughs> so it seems like the whole NFC South is trying to drive up the asking price for Watson for Carolina because the way I look at it, I, I don't know if how interested these two teams really are. I mean, you got Matt Ryan under contract. I do not think Houston has any interest in taking on Matt Ryan. He's aging. Right. He's got a big contract. Makes no sense. So are they really going to have Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson on the same roster? No. Uh, I think the all the stuff that Matt Ryan's done for them, it'd be kind of dirty for them to, to, to pull Don't. the team out from underneath his feet at this point. Let him finish, retire, and, and move on in the proper way. And for New Orleans – I mean, like I've, I've said multiple times on here, Jameis Winston was 5-2 and two with that team last year before he got hurt. I know he's going to garner interest from other teams, but to me it makes the most sense to bring Jameis Winston back, you get yourself under the salary cap, and try and build something for the next year or two until they can find a, a better solution to quarterback because right now they're not going to be able to afford Deshaun Watson – because they're already over the cap. I think they're they did way they, over. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, they moved some money around to where they're only over by like nine or 10 million now. But there's that again, acquiring Watts is going to float that right back up. So, how much of this could this be, Desmond, that the Saints and the Falcons are terrified <laughs> that Deshaun Watson will be in the division? I don't know that they're terrified of the Panthers, but the fact that Deshaun Watson will be going up against them twice a year, I think has them a little on edge. And I think they're trying to drive up that asking price so that Carolina is going to have to give a King's ransom up to just land the quarterback. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. Why would Deshaun Watson want to go play for the Saints the year after Sean Payton retired? You know, like why would he want to go play for a new coach in New Orleans? I could see the allure of wanting to play with Sean Payton but if Sean Payton is not coaching the Saints anymore, I, I don't even see the, the – Michael Thomas might even be there. I mean, people forget he was disgruntled all year, injured. I don't think he played but like one or one or two games and then basically sat out the rest of the year. And I'm not sure if he's going to be on this team um, when we start the season. That's your number one option at wide receiver. So it's like, you know, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm looking at it now on Sport Track, uh, their estimated cap space. Is about negative 17 million. Uh, if you get it down to the top 51, it's like negative 9 million. And that's not counting bringing in a $35 million guaranteed contract for Watson. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think the Saints is just bluster. Same for the Falcons, for them to randomly pop up here the day after he already met with the Panthers and it gets out that, you know, the, the meeting went good and all this other stuff. I don't know what the, the Falcons have to offer because if they want, I've seen different variations of this, but it sounds like that the Texans want three first round picks, um, one or two defensive starters that are on rookie deals. 
And that sounds like that's the gist of the deal they want for, for Watson. I would imagine, you know, they'll have to throw in a fourth or something to kind of level it out, but the Panthers can offer that. And I was going to ask you because I've been playing with this online. Is there a Panther that's untradeable? Because we sit here and we're like, well, I know we love Jeremy Chin. We like Brian Burns and their potential and everything else. Fact is these, these guys have not won games yet. So it's like, how attached are we to some of these players when there's a top five quarterback that's 26 years old that's now available that played college a couple hours down the road from your your stadium? Is there a player that you wouldn't trade for in this in this deal, or pretty much is everyone kind of up there for grabs? I think there's like three or four names that I think they would prefer not to trade. We all know who they are, but I think the one personally I would not trade is not one that you just mentioned. It'd actually be Taylor Moten because offensive tackle is the hardest position in the NFL to get right. Now, we all know this because the Panthers are potentially about to have their ninth different starting left tackle in as many years coming up in 2022. Taylor Moten obviously plays the right side, but to have one of those positions locked down is huge. I don't think that Houston – would want to take on that big of a contract. But again, he is a cornerstone for an offense. Like he could really do a lot of things in terms of getting that rebuild going in Houston. So maybe that's that's someone that they might be interested in. But I think they're going to rather have their focus on guys like Jeremy Chin, uh, DJ, DJ Moore potentially, Brian oh. potentially. I don't know, but I think they'd rather have some of those younger guys, maybe even like Derek Brown, J.C. Horn. They want guys with younger uh, that are younger on cheaper contracts. So I don't know. I wouldn't trade Taylor Moten, but I think the outside of outside of Moten, I would not absolutely not trade Brian Burns. I think again, offensive tackle and edge rusher; those are really the two that kind of go hand in hand, and like they are very hard to find. And you, you just lost to Son Reddick too, so. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if you lose yeah. a Son Reddick and Brian Burns in the same offseason, all of a sudden, <laughs> defense have finished top, you know, five and ten in a lot of categories is going to look a whole lot different next year. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know where the pressure would come from with no Reddick or no Burns. I, I, I agree with you on Burns. I, I don't think that Watson would want to come here if the Texans were demanding offensive school players because that that's a detriment to him where he's going. So it's got to kind of be a give and take type thing here. Like he's going to have to work with the Texans to find the best possible thing. Uh, I was just telling a friend because, you know, the Browns are involved in this. And I'm like, well, I don't think that the Texans were really ecstatic about trading him inside the AFC. They shut down talks with the Colts for that very reason. They didn't want to send him to the AFC. The Browns would have to give up so much. I don't know if it'd be worth it for them to even try um, or for or it'd be worth it for Deshaun to go uh, there if they had to give up, you know, a running back and, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry or, or whatever it might be. So um, I don't think DJ Moore would be in there. Uh, to me, DJ Moore has been a top 10 wide receiver the past, well, really his career so far with random quarterbacks throwing him the football. Uh, I salivate thinking about having a Watson to Moore combination. Uh, if you're going to keep Robbie Anderson, you got him. Terrence Marshall enters year two. Tommy Trimble, the tight end, he'll be in year two as well. McCaffrey's so, not going anywhere either. McCaffrey's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think they're going to even bother to even uh, entertain the idea of trading because that's that's what would make it appealing for Watson to come here is to finally have a running back in the, the like of McCaffrey to hand off or throw to. Uh, like, I mean, Watson's stats will be off the chain if he has a, a running back like McCaffrey here. Um, 
and, and I think a lot of that is too like again, Houston is not willing to take on big contracts yet, let alone a big contract at the running back spot. Like that's just not that's not in their their recipe for this trade. And yeah, it, it would be huge for Deshaun Watson to have somebody like Christian McCaffrey. But I, again, as I've said a few times on our on our podcast, is that Matt Rule will not, I don't think, would feel comfortable going into year three, even though he's only played in this 10 games in the two years that he's had him, would not feel comfortable going into 2022 not having his best offensive weapon because he knows he's on the hot seat. He needs to win games. He needs to have Christian McCaffrey there and hope that he stays healthy. I think he'd rather go into this year and hope that he stays on the field than trade him away and then he stays on the field and then you get fired. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. And when you look at it, you stick Watson into this offense all of a sudden, we've been on record that we feel like the offense has skilled players. It's just that there's nobody driving the car that, you know, that you trusted. And you all of a sudden put Watson in the middle of this offense with Christian McCaffrey behind him, Chuba Hubbard backing him up, uh, Terrence Marshall at the slot or the, the third wide receiver with Robbie Anderson, who's signed DJ Moore, who'll be on a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, he's going to want to show out Tommy Trimble at tight end, you ju- we uh, we actually skipped over the signings. I need to skip back over to the signings that the Panthers did this week because they did do stuff, like you mentioned, to shore up the right side of the line. Um, it just feels like he could just slide right in there. And I would think even with Brady returning to Tampa, which we'll get to in a bit here also, I would think the Panthers would be the front runner to win the South if, if he lands here and they still have a a good majority of the stars they have or potential stars they have on defense. Uh I was saying Jeremy Chin was one of the ones I wouldn't let go, but I'm looking at it like, yeah, I probably would let him go if uh, he's not as valuable. I think even as, yeah. as a player as he is, that it's just I think safeties are are just so de- devalued in this league. And we we just signed one, um, Xavier Woods. Let's let's go over there real quick, and we'll come back. We'll circle back around to uh, the quarterbacks here. Uh, Panthers this week signed safety Xavier Woods, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys, the contract uh, for three years, about $16 million. Um, he pretty, pretty solid sa- uh, safety. I watched some highlights of him uh, this morning. He's had over 340 t- tackles in five years, eight interceptions. They hope to pair him with Jeremy Chin in the secondary at safety, but we'll see who's left uh, <laughs> when all this is all said and done. Um, and then also, uh, well, I had it up here. I don't know where it is now. The bigger uh, signing I thought this week was of uh, right guard Austin Corbett from the uh, the L.A. Rams. Uh, played all 17 games with the Rams uh, this past year. Of course, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Um, he will come in immediately start at right guard. Uh, so now you've got Taylor Moten at right tackle. You've got uh, Corbett at right guard. Elfland's still here. Um, he just took a pay cut or contract restructure himself, so he'd be at center. Do you keep rolling the ball out there with Brady Christensen at left tackle and then just find a left guard and you go? Or do you still go look for a left tackle and push Christensen inside to left guard? Because that feels like that's what's going to be the next move. It, again, a lot of this is going to come down to what happens with Watson. And it, it's like the entire roster really – I wouldn't say it's put on hold, but I'd, I'd say the 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 big overseeing the the fifty foot thousand view of this roster is kind of put on pause until they figure out what's going to happen with Deshaun. And I was honestly surprised yesterday that they that they did sign Woods and that they did go get Corbett because 
I felt like they were going to hold off until they had a really good feeling about what was going to happen with, with Watson. Now, maybe they do, and that's why they went ahead and made some moves. Mm-hmm. But if if they don't get Deshaun, I think they could easily go back out there and get a left guard free agency that is not going to be expensive, that's, that's again, kind of like an Austin Corbett, maybe a little bit cheaper. And then, again, you're sitting there at number six, and you can draft a left tackle. Now, all of a sudden, you got a left ta- rookie left tackle. Um, you've got another guard. You've got – well, I guess you, you wouldn't do that because you got Brady Christensen too. But but they they would have more flexibility. They have different options that they could do too. They could address that pick uh, – address that with the sixth overall pick or they could go back in free agency again. But I I, I think I, they would like to, to continue to, to develop Brady Christensen at left tackle. That is if – they don't have an opportunity to to draft Evan Neal or Ikea Kwanu or Charles Cross because I think they're really high on all three of those guys. Yeah. They can get one of those three, they'll kick Christensen inside. And then all of a sudden you've got a pretty good starting five. It's a heck of a lot better than it was a year ago. Unlike that okay. Yeah, for real. Um, and that opens up a lot of other things. Um, I kind of like the idea of keeping Christensen at left tackle, to be honest. Um, he was the highest rated left tackle coming out of college last year, according to Pro Football Focus. And for some reason because his arms didn't measure the way that Matt Rule wanted them to. They basically sat him for the first 15 games of the year, <laughs> and he finally gets out there does a great job. And it's like, huh, we might have had an answer right here on the line. Uh, I forgot, too, they drafted Deontay Brown from Alabama last year, too. I don't know what the plans are for him. I know he got a, a little bit of reps uh, last year, but not a lot. I know he's a massive mountain of a man. Um, maybe you do something with him. I don't know. Um, but, of course – all things go back to Deshaun Watson. If uh, they do get Watson, they won't have that six pick anymore. And shout out to John Ellis, um, who does a lot of Panther stuff and has a show down in South Carolina upstate, uh, who had put on Twitter that, you know, of course, if they trade the six pick, that that uh, money is slotted. So it's like six million or something like that. So that would come off of the cap, too. So now you're talking about having 41 million or whatever in, in room. And they still have room to, you know, restructure some things. Uh, they've got room to maneuver. Uh, Suleiman, the guy that's doing the salary cap stuff for the Panthers, has really impressed me uh, what he's been doing with some of these things to, to free up some room. Um, so we're right now we're kind of just sitting here wondering what's going to happen if Tampa might jump back into the uh, <laughs> the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson, even though Tom Brady uh, unretired this week. Um, it feels like it's Carolina – it feels like if these other teams weren't involved, Carolina would be bidding against themselves. That's what it kind of feels like right now. So they need to be careful not to overbid. But I agree with you. I think Atlanta and New Orleans are just jumping in this to kind of make, uh, to give Houston the ability to go back to Carolina and say, well, hey, New Orleans is offering this. Atlanta's offering that. Why don't you throw in a another defensive starter? Or why don't you throw in next year's second or whatever it might be to, to get as much as possible from them? Although I'm also hearing too, Skylar, that compensation doesn't seem to be an issue with this trade. Like it doesn't seem as if Carolina's balking yeah. at whatever Houston's wanting them to, to send them. And I well, I, I would say this though. I also wonder too how much you know, we kind of joked around a, a little bit about how maybe some of the NFC South is kind of teaming together to, to drive at the asking price. And that very well could be true. But how much of it could also be Houston reaching out to some of these teams? like Atlanta, mm-hmm. if they're they're in these talks with Carolina and they're like, 
okay, let's just say we want this player. And Carolina says, absolutely not. And then they go back and they have some, they make some calls and they call up Atlanta and say, hey, would you have any interest in Deshaun? Rumor gets out. Now Carolina finds out about it and they're like, okay, do you want to talk about said player now? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I that could that, be yeah. too. So it, it's going to be very, very interesting. This actually just popped up on my timeline. I'm scrolling through Twitter now. Ian Rappaport just reported that Deshaun Watson met with the Browns today, will meet with the Browns today, and is slated to visit with the Falcons tomorrow. And a decision is potentially coming on Wednesday. So <sighs> things are about to get interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time you get to this podcast, something yes. else will have occurred. And <laughs> so, I mean, we most of the stuff that we've done in this episode were things that we needed to get out there the free agency signings, the cuts. Uh, all that stuff, none of that changes. So all that's good stuff. Of course, with Watson, we're all sitting here waiting like the rest of uh, you know the nation to figure out what's going to happen with him. If if Deshaun Watson does not land in Charlotte, and I know that just you better from, hope he's in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, just from gauging uh, social media or whatnot, there does seem to be I won't say it's 50-50, probably like a 70-30 kind of contingent now, 74 Watson, 30 against. Uh, I think ever since um, this past weekend when uh, some of the deposition came out on Twitter and there were uh, things in it, like uh, one of the accusers uh, had text messages saying that she was just trying to get some money out of him. And another one had said something to a friend and uh, like, there's some, there's some holes getting poked in some of these civil cases, which I think this is why Carolina's going so hard for him now at this point. Um, But let's say they don't get Deshaun Watson. Uh, I want to talk about some quarterback news in the NFL before we get out of here. Uh, last week, we I didn't get a chance to get to it, but now he's been out there doing a little bit more. Colin Kaepernick is still out here. Uh, it's been six years since he actually played in a professional football game, but he's still out here uh, throwing the ball, and uh, he linked up with Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks. There's some, uh, some film of them uh, getting some reps in yesterday. Do you being the Carolina Panthers and you are the franchise and the owner that gave Eric Reed a second chance. And he was the one kneeling right beside Colin Kaepernick. Worst comes to worst scenario. What are the odds of Colin Kaepernick quarterbacking the Carolina Panthers? I'd say very slim or um, anyone actually, maybe we should go that route. Cause I don't know if anyone's going to give him a chance. It's been six yeah. years. <laughs> He's been out of the league for six years. I thought this was over. Uh, is there a shot? Anyone takes a chance on him? I wouldn't be shocked if someone gave him a roster spot. Um, I think there are enough teams out there that I think have understood that, you know, Kaepernick in in his stance and what he was trying to accomplish, you know, six years ago was probably more eye-opening now, especially of everything that's kind of happened in the country over the last couple of years. And I think a lot of people are starting to understand what he was doing and that it really wasn't about the flag. And now I'm not here to get into the politics stuff, but I right. think I think there's just a lot of people starting to understand. And that's that's the first thing that these NFL owners, these GMs and head coaches, they need to to do to be able to even take a chance on him. Now, is he going to come in and start for you? No, probably not. Is he going to come in and be a respectable backup? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The freaking Panthers had P.J. Walker. Yeah. <laughs> As, as we're back last year. So, I, I mean, how is six years of rust better than P.J. Walker? 
I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we saw PJ Walker enough last year to say he shouldn't even be on the roster. So I, I think someone will give him a chance. I, I just don't know if if he's even going to make the team. Now he, he may get a chance, get come to training camp, playing some preseason games, and then maybe he gets cut from the fifty three man. But I would not be shocked to see somebody. Heck, maybe even Seattle because Geno Smith, which some people may not know, did have a DUI charge against him this 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 offseason. He's their backup quarterback to was Russell Wilson and now probably Drew Locke. Hmm. If they decide to move off Geno Smith, Colin Kaepernick could go to Seattle. Pete Carroll seems like a guy that would be able to make that move, and especially with him working out with Tyler Lockett, kind of makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, and, you know, it's West Coast. Um I could see that. I could see him possibly in Seattle. I have no idea. I mean, he was on the bench his last year uh, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're talking about a perennial all-star that's coming back here. Um, speaking of coming back, I was uh, in the East Coast wing Sunday night picking up food and uh, got in my vehicle and my my phone went off. And I looked down and I see a tweet from none other than Tom Brady announcing that you know he's had some time to reflect <laughs> and he one day he he will be a fan but that's not today and he's coming back to the nfl and i closed the door to my car sat in it for a second and just screamed <laughs> i was like because nah! it's like i don't it, hate is a strong word hate is a very strong word i can't say i hate tom brady but i do despise this man like this dude just won't go away. Like literally, I feel like he has pestered my teams for over 20 years. And right when I thought it was done, he didn't even give me a full two months to kind of revel in it. Like, I don't know how close he was to retiring when he retired at this point. If it only took 40 days of being around his supermodel wife and kids decide, you know what, I need to go back and do this some more. Um, I don't blame him though, because he's coming off a career year. I mean, he led the league in passing and attempts and completions and uh, all kinds of stuff. I think he, he threw for 5,000 yards this past year. I think he did um, at age 44. That's so, I mean, that's incredible. So, like, if you can still do that, then by all means, you know, have at it. Now, uh, Tampa's not going to let him play for anyone else because uh, I had been seeing that maybe he came back because he thought maybe he can go to San Francisco. But Tampa owns his rights uh, and they're not going to be the same team. They've got a lot of free agents, uh, Leonard Fournette, Dominic Sue. Uh, they've got, uh, a, a, I think they tagged Chris Godwin, but, yeah. uh, you know, they've got some, it's not going to be the same team. So when you heard this news about Tom Brady coming back along with all the stuff with Sean Watson and the Panthers and, uh, all this movement going on, what were your thoughts on him basically deciding to come back after 40 days of reflection? Damn. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like you think that you finally get past the, the the era of Tom Brady just dominating everything, and it seems like every other year he's winning a Super Bowl. And now it seemed like there was a chance, potentially, a little bit of a window here for the Panthers to, to maybe make that push up the NFC South because you got Sean Payton retiring. The Saints have question marks with – the, the cap space they 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 don't know what their quarterback who their quarterback's going to be you got Tom Brady retiring you thought if Brady retires then maybe the bucks kind of not go full blown rebuild but they're going to maybe dial it back a little bit and try and so to open up some more cap space for the future 
and Atlanta's there just being Atlanta. So you just felt like this was a great opportunity for Carolina. And 40 days later, again, like you said, we, we, we all scroll on our phone and we see the tweet and we're like, well, damn, <laughs> back and we're back to where we were just 40 days ago. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's also his, his coming back or him coming out of what you, he calls retirement could be a big reason why you're seeing the other three teams in the division going after Deshaun Watson because they know for them to even have a, a chance, they've got to get the quarterback position right. The Panthers don't have that position right. The Saints don't know about their, their position, and Matt Ryan is getting old and not getting any better. So they've got to figure out that spot. And really, I think – I would say the consensus would be of those three teams targeting Watson would be if he doesn't end up on my team, I hope he ends up out of the division in, in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree with that. Um, it's funny how Cleveland keeps getting popped into some of these uh, these talks for – for different uh for players or whatnot when uh you would think that they were happy with Baker Mayfield but how about this if if somehow some way Cleveland lands Deshaun Watson which I don't think is going to be the case because now I'm seeing that Ian Rapport said that the the Saints seem to be the team standing out right now which is not good for Watson yeah for Watson so that's that's not a good sign but if they do trade him to Cleveland what do you think about potentially Baker Mayfield in Carolina? That thought's crossed my mind. Um, I, I would think that if he went to Cleveland, that they would want Baker back in return in the trade. Because then, because I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than uh, who was the guy that was starting for uh, the Texans? Davis who? Davis Mills. Oh, Davis Mills. Yeah, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than Davis Mills, right? So I would think that they would put him in there, but Baker's got to be coming up towards the end of his rookie deal himself, right? So he he would command uh, not Aaron Rodgers' money, but he would command more than what he's making now. Um, I think I'd be okay with it. He, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's a step up from Sam Darnold, right? Um, he's a step up from... I would think so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else would be out there that... Uh, it would make me go, no, nah, I don't want Baker Mayfield. I know he's had some injuries. I know that he's been kind of up and down. He's had like three offensive coordinators so far during his career. So uh, I'd be okay with it. It'd be almost like wanting something for Christmas and not getting it. And you get like uh, a pack of t-shirts <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's something you need. You're going to use it. <laughs> it's something you could use something it's not what you wanted though you wanted the the, the new nintendo or whatever so um that the good be- thing is to to really without trying to harp on it too much i guess with deshaun but if they don't get deshaun watson even if he lands within a division it i mean you're gonna have to deal with it but the good thing is it would mean that they still have Derek brown they still have jeremy chin brian burns so on and so forth they have the number six pick and They'll have to fight through it for one more year, and then they'll have their first-round pick again next year. They'll have all – really, they'll have all their picks next year, I believe. They may have one pick that went somewhere else, but they're they're not going to be giving up the entire future for one guy. So that could be a, a way to look at it optimistically, but it's all dependent on how you look at it. Um, I did come across this a couple of hours ago from Stan Norfleet uh, regarding all this. Uh, he had said he just spoke to someone in the know regarding Deshaun Watson – one, Carolina is down to extend him for cap purposes. That's very important because if they can extend him, they can lower his cap hit for this year, which will give them extra money to go do 
extra things. Uh, and he's 26 years old. I kind of figured if they're going after him, they're going to offer him uh, a contract, like a, like a Josh Allen contract. You know what I mean? Like a $200 million four year, five year type of extension uh, to be the quarterback here and to show that they're serious about him being the face of the franchise going forward. Uh, he said, number two, New Orleans isn't nearly as motivated as Carolina and Cleveland. Might be some gamesmanship to drive the Carolina price up. And number three, Cleveland is most attractive to Deshaun Watson because of their roster. But again, the Texans would probably ask for a lot of that roster to come back the other way. So, um, you know. Like I said, to me, it still looks like Houston wants Carolina's offer to happen because they would get the best out of it. But – it's all going to come down to what Watson wants. Yep. And I think that's the that's the biggest issue for both Houston and Carolina, really. It's the only thing standing in the way. I'm just going to put it on Adam Schefter and let it sit here. I was trying not to look at my phone while we're doing this. I'm just going to put my Twitter on Adam Schefter's homepage and just keep uh, refreshing this over and over again because I feel like something is going to happen very soon. Um regarding this like i think by the time we come back around and do another episode this might be uh done uh i am reading some more about this whole thing with uh watson to the falcons uh he did Schefter put out falcons owner author blank is fond of deshaun watson from the days when the former gainesville georgia high quarterback worked multiple years as a falcons ball boy and developed a relationship with blank's family interesting that is very interesting um Huh. <laughs> kind of like what? Like I, kinda... it's, so, it's so frustrating, I think, too, for Panthers fans because like as talented as Deshaun Watson is and as much as you like you need to fill that quarterback spot, like there's just so many questions about his character. Did he really do this stuff? Is he really that type of person that you're bringing into your organization? And then you're also gonna have to give up a ton on top of that just to, to bring him in. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of, it, it could be a move that could, could really divide a fan base no matter where he goes, because I think, there's going to yeah. be a lot of people that are split on what, what they think of it. I think it kind of is now with the Panther fan base yeah. from what I'm seeing, where there's people that are like, absolutely not. They don't want to see any evidence or anything that might change their mind. Otherwise they've made up their mind on uh, Watson. And then there's another half that's like, look, this is a top five talent. He's not getting charged criminal charges. The Panthers have done their due diligence in terms of, you know, asking people about his character and work ethic and all this stuff. I don't feel like David Tepper would be leading this charge so hard if there was still dark spots that they don't know about. Like if there was something out there, you know, like I feel like they've done enough due diligence over really over a year to kind of figure out if they wanted to do this. And it looks very clear that this was their goal number one for the offseason was let's get Deshaun Watson here. Like, that's what we're going to do. As soon as that court date's done, we'll, from the results from that, we'll decide to go quarterback or whatever. But I've never caught a vibe that they were very high on any of the, the three quarterbacks that are talking about going in the first round uh, this year, even though Kenny Pickett played at Pittsburgh. And I've always felt Deshaun was the one. Because, like, remember what Tepper was saying. Like, you have to have a quarterback that can get you to a Super Bowl. And I don't know if they wanted to wait four years for a Kenny Pickett to develop or Malik Willis to develop or whatever it might be. They think that they've got enough pieces right now to at least compete, especially after watching Tampa Bay do this two years ago. And then the Rams do this last year where you've got all these pieces and you just need a, a top 10 quarterback to get you over the hump, to give you a chance. 
and they've seen it work the past two years. So you bring in a top five quarterback and put him in this offense with a new offensive coordinator and a young, hungry defense where you've already proven you can go into the draft and find gems like, you know, mid round. It's interesting. It's very interesting. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm looking at all of this, like who he had to have met with rule and fitterer. And I think he has to feel like rule is safe, like in his job security before he would come here. Cause I don't think he would want to come here and not be sure if rules going to be here. If they gave him some sort of, guarantee or notion that look i'm here for the long haul i'm signed to a seven-year deal you haven't heard anything from david tepper that my my job is on the line i'm building something here i want you to be a part of it that could be the pull to to get him to come to carolina and and come back home basically uh look at unless he goes to atlanta (laughs) pitch that that carolina has too i mean i'm sure they may have to give up some of those pieces on defensively but I mean, they could literally just say, look, you've got a young, very talented defense. You've got really good weapons with DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. We're going to get you an offensive line, and you're going to take us to the top. And I think with, like you said, even though there is some questions about Matt Rule's future, he's un- under a contract for seven years. Dennis yeah. Allen is in his first year as a head coach. There's no idea whether or not he's going to be their long-term guy. And I think as much questions as there is about Matt Rule, there's probably more about Dennis Allen just because he hasn't coached yet. Right. If they right. go, you know, and, and have a bad offseason and they don't get Deshaun Watson, maybe they they go five and twelve. You know, who knows? But I just I think a lot of it too could go back to kind of like you know, I, I cover recruiting for West Virginia too. So I, this is kind of like a similar stance. When, when guys get recruited in high school, they oftentimes, not always, but they oftentimes hold a lot of value on the first person that showed interest because they they believed in them first. They, they really thought that they could be their guy, and they were the first team to really take a chance on them. I, I could see it being the same thing with Deshaun Watson. He's going to have his choice. It, he's basically a free agent, but he's not. But when it comes down to his decision, how much will he weigh in the fact that the Panthers were essentially the first team that's, you know, I mean, the Dolphins were wearing it too, but they're not now. But they were essentially the first team and the only team that have been in on him the entire time the over the last year. They have constantly checked in on him, did their due diligence. How much value does he place in that? So and and the Panthers again, they've been there from the beginning. And that's I've heard people say that where they should that should be the pitch to watch them. Like, look, we've been with you from the beginning. We've had interest in you from the beginning, from all the accusations, everything else. We've been here. Like we've stuck with you throughout the whole thing. We've shown interest. We're showing that we want to give up whatever for you, bring you in. You basically take over as you know, one of the kings of the city. And what do you, what if you dangle out of, you know, what if we bring back Cam Newton to be your backup quarterback? You know, like what if they do something like that? Cause apparently Watson and Newton have a very uh, close relationship. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that Fitter was saying that, you know, that's not uh, set in stone that Newton won't be back. I think he said actually by Wednesday, they would probably let, you know, you know, sit down with Cam and talk to him about everything. So everything's kind of lining up for tomorrow, like to see what happens here. I would not be surprised if they bring in uh, Watson through trade, they signed Cam to some sort of one-year deal. Uh, they figure out a way to get Sam Darnold off the roster. 
maybe he goes back in the Houston trade, you know, as a favor or something. I, I don't know. I have no idea, but I feel like we're getting closer and closer here. By the time we get back on here next week, I imagine we're going to have some news regarding this. Uh, again, follow uh, Skyler on Twitter. Not only is he the beat writer for Sports Illustrated for the Panthers, he also is for the Charlotte Hornets. You can follow his work there at Callahan underscore. Uh, for myself, you could follow my stuff. I'm in a variety of things. You could follow me at Tobacco Radio, or you can catch me at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. We will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Networks. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.